0: back there bro you do
1: more than just cardio trying to get there man. I'll tell you let me let me tell you something man I have put on muscle since the quarantine started doing fucking Good. calisthenics hell and yeah metrics hell yeah you're doing those prison workouts it's for real like I've been working out I've got one tiny little dumbbell and I've got a uh, a bed sheet and I've been working out with those two things and I'm, I'm dead serious I've gotten more progress since the quarantine started than I'd gotten for a couple of months beforehand when I was still going to the gym it's crazy.
0: See that? Well, there's two schools of thought on that, yeah, that i that I have is one is just you're just switching it up so your body responds to that stimulus, right Fair. other other, you're just getting you're just attacking different muscle fibers, you know, yeah you can't you don't on a machine, but uh, I've been doing the same shit, man, Prison style workouts. I love it. I don't want to go back to the gym. I'm good with
1: this. (laughs) Honestly, I've been saying the same thing to my wife, man. I'm thinking like there's really, you know, uh, no reason to go back if this, if things keep going the way that they're going.
0: How are things going down where you're at right now? Same as the last time we talked or anything different?
1: Yeah. Um, every, every other Friday, me and my wife go down to the state house to run the stairs for oh, cool. just a quick cardio thing and we were down there today and there was a big reopen South Carolina protest going on with people out there with don't tread on me flags and shit like that so you know people, yeah, are starting to get, people are starting to get kind of restless I honestly part of me says you know we need to listen to the experts and, and stay quarantined as long as they tell us to but then I also recognize that I'm really lucky to have been able to work from home throughout all of this and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there sort of freaking out about work and stuff. So.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, It's just a mixed bag. It's basically the same thing here. You never know. I'm fortunate to have my position that I can work from home as well. Although I'm not making as much as I would be if I, if I could be out doing my thing, but yeah, I think it's a, you got to look at everything as a blessing in disguise, right?
1: Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, you know, there's times like this, I think it's really difficult to maintain that attitude for a lot of us just because it seems People keep using the word unprecedented, but I mean it really is, man. Like I, I think you and I talked about this last time, but like I, I like being able to go to my dad and be like, when you were around my age, if you know X problem took place, like what would you do? And he's there's we got nobody to look to for this, you know. So it's a new thing. Yeah, it's cool to see people trying to to find positives in it, but for the people who are you know down and out about it, I understand that too. Like you said, it's just whatever you make out of it and for the, you know, you see a lot of these, a lot of this stuff on, uh, like Twitter saying, if you don't come out of this, like speaking a new language or I think reading a book or something like that, you're lazy. And I'm like, well, fuck off, man. Like that. Yes. There are some people who are going to be able to dedicate their time and their energy during this crisis to, to right. that kind of shit. But there's also people who, you know, for the sake of their mental health need to sort of step back and do whatever they need to do to take care of themselves. And I think the more we recognize that everybody's different, the better off we're all going to be.
0: Fuck yeah! That says it right there, brother. Preach Get it, her. RDO killer. Look for his <laughs> opinions on the uh, in the underground media board on uh, Death Comes Lifting. For those who don't know who you are, I guess we should do an intro. That uh, we yeah, do next time is yeah. You've been uh, writing some reviews for us, and sparked a cool friendship relationship out of it. And I'm super yeah. thankful for this, man. I'm just talking absolutely about death metal and working out.
1: Absolutely, same here. Yeah, I've I've been writing about music in one capacity or another for for a pretty long time, and when I came across your company uh, last year, I just thought this was some really cool shit that you guys were doing. I thought it was really innovative, and it also sort of as a as like a non gym gym person, it really spoke to me, uh, cool. the fitness for the misfits angle. And when I noticed that you did reviews and that kind of thing on the website i thought it would be cool to kind of see if i could maybe work my way in there and i've been lucky to do that and have a lot of fun doing it working on another one right now as we speak actually
0: awesome man well yeah we're keeping you around as long as you keep doing them we love it i love it Mm -hmm. always good to have a second perspective or just some contribution to the site is always great and you can never get too many death metal reviews because there's no shortage of death metal ever coming out and i always try to scramble to pick one I'm going to dedicate my time to reviewing and yeah time six more come out I'm like fuck
1: I like yeah it. I mean it's 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 cool because there's so much of it you know and I think that it's really easy to to get overwhelmed with the amount of of not just death metal but like quality death metal that comes out every week oh, yeah. uh so, you know
0: and even outside the realm of death metal there's just oh, yeah. so much coming up but specifically since we're entrenched in that atmosphere usually more often than not it's yeah. been like maddening especially the past couple years
1: yeah one of my non non death metal but all time favorite bands is a, a band called 16 they do a sort of a punky sludge shit and they like belting type
0: shit
1: yeah a little bit just, uh, in in a way a little bit of, a little bit of it's kind of like black flag meets i hate god in certain places it's really cool man if you Big had it. You, know, you should but they I'll they got a new one coming out in May. It's it's called Dream Squasher, which I think is a fucking awesome title for a record. That is great. Uh, just put out the first single from that. It's called Candy in Spanish, and I've been listening to that just on repeat constantly. So everything, you know, death metal rules, but there's other awesome shit out there too. No shit, yeah, man. But uh did you listen to the new
0: Defeated Sanity? That's what I wanted to ask you.
1: I pre-ordered yes, I pre-ordered okay. that this morning. You know, Bandcamp's doing their uh their waived fees today
0: right um, i didn't want to talk about that because yeah
1: for sure i yeah. i pre-ordered defeated sanity this morning and checked out that first song off of it and that shit fucking rules as usual it's cool to see that they're doing the the crazy like technical stuff mixed in with some of the slammier stuff that they have from their earlier career i think defeated and man, they're one of the best in the game when it comes to brutal death metal. And interestingly enough, I feel like a a lot of people still aren't really familiar with them who are otherwise really into like brutal death metal and slam. So with a new record coming out and with Willow tip with their current label being based in the States, hopefully they'll get a little bit more exposure. I hope so. I
0: think they're like the Kings of slam metal, honestly. Uh, I mean them dying fetus, would you count dying fetus as slam?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dying Fetus is sort of uh, they they run the gamut of the 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 run the spectrum a little bit. I think there's some tech death in there. There's definitely some slam, especially in their older stuff. Some brutal death metal, uh, even veering into like thrash territory in places. Dying Fetus are absolutely some of the most gifted musicians in death metal, I think. And I also i I think that that's another example of a band who has had a whole lot of members come and go throughout the course of their career, but they Sort of hit, I think, the perfect lineup with the three dudes they've got in the band right now, because um, everything they put out just continues to stay tight uh, and memorable, but heavy as fuck, and that's that's a hard thing to pull off.
0: Oh yeah, and they're excellent musicians. They're like, uh, they're one of the first bands that when I was getting into death metal and looking up live videos and shit, yeah, like, and seeing them play, I was like, oh, if that's they were one of the bands that hit me like, oh fuck, these guys are like talented musicians them and Cryptopsy when I first like saw those two bands play live like in video I'm like wow this is some like real shit this is like jazz music but like sped up
1: you know? yes. so Cryptopsy the especially some of the Lord Worm era Cryptopsy shit man there's just crazy stuff going on in there that it's a, another you know Cryptopsy and, and Dying Fetus sort of have that same they, they sound very different I think but they still have that uh like a spritzatura like so they it's really complex deep shit that they're doing Mm. like musically yeah but if you watch them do it if you actually watch the songs being played and if you sort of listen to the ease at which the music is has has been recorded and performed they make that shit look so easy and i i think that that's just a crazy thing to be able to do and it's really awesome to think that they're like pedigree musicians who are that talented, who choose to, to devote their talents to this kind of music is really cool to me.
0: Yeah, that makes me really happy. And I, I, they're like one of my fuck you bands, I call them. when People say death metal is just noise and it doesn't take any talent. I'm like, all right, check this out, bitch. Like, for real, like yeah.
1: For sure. <laughs> take your fucking medicine.
0: Exactly. What else did you pick up today, if anything?
1: I got, uh, let me see, I got, so I pre-ordered the new uh, Defeated Sanity, like we said, the new Fluids album, Ignorance Exalted, dropped today. Um, I pre-ordered that a long time ago, the digital version, but they also, the cassette pre-order went live today, so I grabbed that. Um, It's just as heavy and ignorant as everything else that band has done, so if you are into brutal death grind with really terrifying samples. You should definitely check out Fluids. Yeah, they're a fucked up act, for sure. Yeah, for right. sure. Um, I pre-ordered that new Devangelic. Um, they put out a couple of killer records. I think they were on Comatose first. Uh, they're Italian, if I'm not mistaken. It's a brutal death metal band. They got a new one coming out on Willowtip. I pre-ordered that. Um, I picked up the new Pain Giver tape or the debut Pain Giver tape on Desert Wastelands records. Um, Oh, I did
0: too.
1: Nice. Oh, did you really? Dude, have you listened to it yet?
0: No, I have not. I just got it just
1: maybe an hour ago. Dude, that shit rips, man. It's it's got some, one of the, they, they've got some old school feel to it. It's sort of like the very, you know, I've only listened to it once all the way through, but at first I was like this, if you were to, if you were to like, find a band to fit exactly between like Pestilence and Gate Creeper, it would be this band, Uh, which is super, super dope that they've got a little bit of the hardcore stomp that I think some of the bands like Gate Creeper, uh, Scorched to an extent, Creeping Death. uh, There's there's some of that going on, but at the same time, some of the more melodic and more memorable stuff from, from early Pestilence records on there too. Um, And what is, I got one more thing, but I can't, Oh, Soul Devourment. Um, so Sewer Rot Records, which is the guys from um broke off. They're, they're doing their own thing now. They've, they're putting out their own shit, but they're putting out stuff from, from other heavy bands too. Soul Devourment is just some crazy, gross, old school stuff with like a little bit of the chainsaw sound going. They put out their first one, Eternal Perdition. It's just a five track tape uh, that came out today. So I got that too. And that's it so far.
0: Do you actually listen to cassettes when you get them? That's fucking awesome. I I just started, like I was, i never, I didn't have the capability and then I bought like an old boom box and it's amazing.
1: Yeah. I, we have a very tiny apartment and we, when we, when we moved here, we knew it was going to be temporary. So there's a lot of stuff that once we end up where we're going and, and get a bigger house and everything, I'd like to buy a bigger tape deck and, buy a, a, a you know have a nice setup to play vinyl and stuff like that but right now there's just it's so tight in here that uh, everything's kind of compacted so yeah I've got a little boombox that I listen to but my whole thing with tapes like I I do I, I grew up in the CD era and so that to me is the medium that's most that feels like mine you know what I mean you
0: feel at home when you throw yeah. it. Off? Yeah.
1: but with, but with tapes it got to where a CD wouldn't be offered by, so like a band that I like, a newer death metal band puts out a, a release, right? And they don't press a CD and they don't press vinyl, but they have tapes or they have a digital copy only. And I am, I've got this weird tick where like, if I, can, if I can get a physical copy of something, I would rather do that than only have the digital copy. And so I started buying tapes specifically because it was like, okay, you can pay $5.99 and get this album MP3 or you can pay 7.99 and get you know exactly. the same audio and some sort of physical like artifact to have. And so that's how I kind of dove back into the tape world.
0: That's how most most of us nerds did it, I feel like.
1: Yeah, probably so.
0: I am more of a vinyl or I started more with vinyl for that same reason. It was yeah. either digital or CD or vinyl or just vinyl. So I've been I've been rocking vinyls for a while, but I think they're like trying to kill the CDs, man. Like there's not even cd players and new cars and there's none in computers anymore you know yeah. it's fucked up
1: it is i think it, it's it's fucked up but i feel like it's the kind of thing it's the change that that i feel like i can resist like i yeah i do my best to try and roll with the punches of technology and there's you know things that i realize that we just sort of have to give up on and, and accept that times are changing but i don't think that making like if I buy a new car that doesn't have a CD player in it, I'll put a CD player in that motherfucker. If I've got a new laptop that doesn't have a CD drive in it, I'm gonna buy an external one just because I like. Part of the like the, the confines of a blank CD to me are part of how you make a perfect playlist and I think that's just another thing that's sort of a, a product of the era that I grew up. But like, you've got 80 minutes on a blank CD and how good of a set list you can fit on there uh has just as much to do with the amount of time that you're limited to as it does with the content that's on there and so that to me is still like a ritual that i do i got burned cds in my car that i ride around with um, right. that's a good that's,
0: point man you do a great job on your uh your radio show and doing your playlist and everything and uh thank you, you, man. you get all of those straight from cds i always see you posting pictures of fucking like just shit ton of cds i'm, I'm super impressed honestly
1: thank you yeah i, I get It's everything that I play is something that i bought. Um, and sometimes it's, sometimes it's from a CD. The the vast majority of it is CDs. Uh, sometimes it is straight off a tape. Like I'll bring my, uh, I got this little cassette player right here that I'll take into the radio station with me and then run through the auxiliary, uh, and play tapes off there. And then we've got a turntable in the station that I play off of too. But, um, it's a mixture of, if we're talking about like the actual radio show, every song that I play comes from something that I bought. I, ha- I have like a physical copy of it. Yeah, um, that's what I mean. I'll alternate back and forth like the actual playing of it on the air. Sometimes I'll play it from my computer and then I'll switch over to the to the CD player, to the, to the uh, turntable, just however I need to do it to make the transition as seamless as I can.
0: Go, man. that's awesome man that's impressive i always wondered that if you owned all those cds and that's where you got all your shit that makes it so much better man that's so much cooler
1: yeah it's fun man like this is this is sort of my my only real like collector hobby there are a lot of dudes my age who are who, who play video games or who have like action figure comic collections and stuff like that and just right. the music but buying cds is something that was always a a treat to me and like it scratched that collector itch when I was a kid and it still does. And so I'm, (laughs) I'm glad that I've got something I can do with them other than just like having them sit on a shelf, you know?
0: Exactly. And especially being lifelong death metal fans, I know you can relate to this, just having the CD in the cover art and being able to take out the book and especially important when you're first learning, you know, you want to read the lyrics to the growl and match it up and whatever. and Thumbing through that. I mean, that's a special time. That's a, you know, and uh, I, I feel bad for people that miss that or kids yeah. growing up that miss that now. Thank
1: you know? too. And I, you know, I, I try and keep in mind that, that the younger generation, the way that they enjoy it is entirely theirs and it's, it's just as real as the way I do. But I do, at the same time, feel like what you're saying is very much a part of the listening experience for me. Like especially um, with, a, with a band that I absolutely love that I've been into for like a really long time, whenever they put out something new, part of the ritual of listening to it for the first time is sitting down with those liner notes and like reading through what's happening as it's happening. And I forget that we're on audio and that people can't see me, but I'm holding the the new black Dahlia murder in one hand and the new Testament in another hand. And these are both bands that I've been into for a while. I'm a big fan of. and, And so like, I'm looking forward to the reading of the lyrics and sort of the getting into the headspace of that music being a part of the listening experience for me
0: absolutely man if it's one of my favorite bands that puts out a new record i will not listen to it unless i have the physical in my hand like i will not check it out on the internet or on spotify or any of that shit until it is here i will resist the temptation all day long if it takes Mm -hmm. a week yeah same that's awesome yeah um yeah i can't say that for every band obviously but my favorite ones have to wait for the physical
1: yep same absolutely same
0: Tell, uh, tell us more about your radio show. Where, where can people listen to that shit? Where can people find and want to plug that if, you're, if you're, still, you're still doing it, right?
1: Not right now. Yeah. Um, we are – so the, the uh, best way to get in touch with the radio station – or with, with my show in particular um, and with – whenever we do get back on the air, it's just to follow the, the show on Instagram. It's at death drive 90.5, personal
0: account too, right? Yeah,
1: that's my, that's where I post. So like the, the radio show that I do is called death drive 90.5. It is on W U S C F M, FM, which is based out of the university of South Carolina here in sunny Columbia, South Carolina. Um, and it's, it's a two hour show every Saturday night where I just get on the radio and play death metal. And then I sort of, the Instagram profile functions as like a, a sort of partner to the radio show. So like, as I'm playing that stuff on air, I'm also posting pictures of what I'm playing on Instagram. I'm doing like live streams from the studio, doing videos sometimes on Instagram. Um, it's, a, it's just a cool way to interact with a, a different medium, right? And sure. it's, it's on 90.5 FM here in Columbia, but... Um, You can check us out online uh, using the Radio FX app, using the TuneIn app. Um, You can go to our website, wusc.fm, to stream from there. Um, All those are easy ways and free ways to listen to the show. Unfortunately, right now, because we are based at a university, we're um, under the same sort of quarantine rules as everybody else, probably more stringent than a lot of other businesses, just because there's so many young people whose parents and uh, everybody are sort of caring for their well-being, Um the, the campus is closed right now. And so we are not allowed into the radio station. It's just been on automation for like six weeks, which sucks uh, because there's, you know, I love my show, but we have so many really cool DJs who have, who are covering just a ton of different genres and playing all kinds of stuff that is brand new that I've never heard of. And none of us are getting to be on the air right now. So we are currently in the process of figuring out a way to get back on the air during the summer Um, I can't say too much about it yet because it's still kind of up in the air and we still got some things that we need to get squared away before we can do it. But um, if you follow, you know, WUSC on Instagram, if you follow Death Drive 90.5 on Instagram, uh, as soon as we are back on the air, we're going to let everybody know how to celebrate with us because we definitely miss it.
0: Hell yeah. Do that. You'll find great shit. uh, I'm looking at what you what you post and you still have your playlist up on Spotify, right?
1: Yes. So you can find it on Spotify. You can look up death drive Nine Zero Point Five on Spotify and you get, not everything that I play on my show is available on Spotify, but the stuff that is, um, every, every night when I go off the air, every Saturday night, when I go off the air at midnight, I upload a uh, playlist of whatever from that particular episode is available on Spotify and every single episode of the show is currently available on Spotify it's just a playlist of the songs we actually because we are an fm radio station there are certain fcc rules that prevent us from rebroadcasting the things that we play so that's why there's not a yeah there's not there's not like a podcast version of my show as cool as that would be um we can't for copyright reasons rebroadcast the songs that are played but you know, a Spotify playlist is totally cool. You can find those there, and then there's specialty lists too. I put up a special uh, playlist the other day for February, uh, April 26th, Alien Day. It's one of my yeah, all-time favorite movies. That so. was a
0: great. That's a great playlist, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, I like.
1: From fortunately, that's
0: makes cool. playlists and spends way too much time doing it for my brand and just. Yeah. I mean, I just grew up doing that. I was just always i I'll make you a CD. I'll make you a playlist, guy. You know. Me too,
1: man. Yeah, That was always, that was how I found out about a lot of really cool music too. There was something super like personal and cool about somebody taking the trouble to make you a tape or make you a CD, you know? Yeah. Um, And I, I, my, my entire, like what I'm trying to do with the radio show and and with the playlist that I make for other reasons is just sort of kind of try and recapture that experience the way that I had it when I was a kid. So.
0: That's it's cool.
1: The, the Death Comes Lifting playlist, man. You cover so much ground. There's so much cool shit on there. Tried. Right, um,
0: it's 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 a. I, I would be lying if I said it was an effortless task, but it's an effort that I gladly will trudge through for that reason. You know. Yeah. People that. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. You know. And the there's a, an art to a good playlist, as you know, like you were talking about with the CDs. There's one thing to throw every song you ever like ever on a 600 song digital playlist that doesn't do shit it's a, it's about balance
1: exactly you got to be able to sacrifice hits. a few things see yeah. what see what matters most yeah mix
0: in some b sides with the hits but don't just do b sides cuz that's pretentious yes. you know what i mean you got to yes you got to make it happen
1: that's i'm cool. a i am one of my favorite things to do one of the things that i sort of became part of my collection ritual early on was running down like non album tracks and you don't see it quite as much anymore, but there always used to be bonus tracks on Japanese versions of, of albums. And uh, like with the roadrunner bands back in the nineties, they would put out a single or whatever for Europe. And that's, that CD single would have a couple of B sides on there. So I used to run all that shit down and still yeah. do from time to time, but it's oh, yeah. cool to, especially if you've been into a band for a really long time and you find out like, Oh, there's another song, like the haunted, the haunted is one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, And I found out a couple of years ago that there were two songs from their first album sessions that the songs were just floating around out there, but I'd never heard them before. And I was like, well, fuck, I heard this album 10 years ago. There's two songs from it that I've never heard. Like I want to go back and listen to that shit. And so there's something really cool about being able to hear sort of the entirety of that recording session if you if it's available so i like to do that when i can
0: no doubt man uh especially recently i've been getting into live versions of songs and live albums more than i was as a younger listener to this kind of music or really any kind of music i always thought just live albums (laughs) were it's a little subpar but now i fucking can't get enough of them and i think it's just for that reason Yeah,
1: listening to different versions especially working out i think Uh Mm uh-huh yeah That energy
0: is captured for sure.
1: Yes. Like I either, you know, in the gym, the last time I went um, or, or when I run, sometimes I'll just load up instead of doing like a mix of all the songs that I like, I'll just put on my, my old school iPod, the uh, just one live album straight through. The
0: shuffle you got there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got the old school iPod shuffle that uh, it's just easier than carrying a phone. And that's the shit,
0: yeah, especially yeah. if you're running, you know? who yes. wants to carry this, like, now all the phones are, like, laptops, basically.
1: Yeah, man, my phone is huge, so trying to carry it around is a huge pain in the ass.
0: Yeah, man, that's good. What is, the, um, what is your essential death metal
1: live record? Cannibal Corpse Live Cannibalism. Oh, nice. Very true. Um, yeah, that is great it's it's a couple of different shows cobbled together which i know that some people don't like but at the same time like there's no overdubs there are some there are a few imperfections there but on the whole like it's cannibal corpse playing cannibal corpse songs flawlessly and and with so much live energy and i i also you know we talked last time in the in the forgotten the the missing podcast episode <laughs>
0: don't, don't, don't. Um,
1: my my probably my favorite death metal album of all time is bloodthirst uh by cannibal Corpse and live cannibalism was recorded while they were touring that record, so they played a whole bunch of shit from it um it's just an absolutely incredible live show man
0: it is and even corpse grinder's banter when he's in yeah. songs is a hundred percent on point the band's tight it's a it has a very specific quality to it that it, it is a great live record, and the artwork is fucking yeah so good that guy on on stilts impaling the crowd and whatever yes use that more often they don't like that that artwork got lost in the shuffle
1: yeah they uh all kinds of cool interesting artwork from around that time period when they did that and when a couple years later when the box set came out
0: yeah that's uh they're the i mean they they got me into death metal i know we talked about this last time but cannibal corpses cliches it is they're like the, the kings of death metal they're definitely my favorite death metal band yeah. if not they're the one of my all times so.
1: they're the kings for a reason man they can't be fucked with no they can't um did you
0: happen to listen to uh our buddy uh tom from uh redefining darkness did a podcast with scott burns
1: i heard some of it yeah i i had to skip around a little bit because i didn't have too much time but uh they actually he actually asked one of he, he asked my question did he what uh, was that I, well, I was like, man, what would, what band would be required for Scott Burns to come back and produce a new death metal record? And uh, they asked him that, and, and he was like, oh, it's not about that. And I was just like, God damn it, Scott Burns, say, uh, come, give me like an ideal scenario. But his thing is, and, and you know, he's such a humble dude and such a, he, he totally positions himself as somebody who just was in the right place at the right time, and I, I think,
0: very th- cool about it. Yeah,
1: and I, I, th- I think that he absolutely was just sort of in the right place at the right time, but he also turned out to be the absolute right guy because if you go back and you listen to those records, that dude's ear um, was doing things for that kind of music that, that nobody had really done yet, and I think that his production style is still a hallmark of the way the Death Metal is made today. So it was really cool to see them talk to him and really cool to see him be willing to sort of come out of you know, whatever hole he's hiding in uh, know, that talk, was so talk, awesome. Talk about his legacy, yeah.
0: Cool guy. Yeah, that's so. I feel like only death metal nerds care about that stuff, and that's what makes it so powerful. It's just yeah. like, we're so stoked to hear an interview with Scott Burns, this producer guy who he, he even doesn't give himself as much credit as like anybody would give him. So I thought that yeah. was awesome. And, super,
1: um, super humble guy.
0: What do you say to the criticisms of all his records, quote unquote, sounding the same, or the Morris Sound Records all sounding the same?
1: eat shit. Yes, exactly. I mean, look, when you're, when you're doing something for the first time, or when you're very, very early in a movement that you don't even understand is a movement yet, right? Mm -hmm. When you find what works, or when you find what feels like it works, why wouldn't you continue to capitalize on that? And I think that Yes, there is sort of a typical just like sunlight studios you know more sound has a a a sort of sound from a particular era that that's associated with the bands who came through there at that time um but at the same time to say that it all sounds the same is is such a disservice to the bands because I think that you've got so many different styles of death metal that were played that happened to be recorded at the same place by some of the same people but um you can tell i i i think that being able to tell that it was recorded there at that time um, doesn't necessarily mean that it sounds the same as everything else. And I think that being able, I think that saying that also like in 2020, um, we enjoy an enormous amount of of privilege time-wise, I think where we can sort of look back at something that was being done in 1989 or 1991 or whatever and say, oh, it all sounds the same, blah, blah, blah. Well, you've got fucking 30 years of musical history since then that you've been informed by. So just because it sounds the same to you right now doesn't mean it didn't sound absolutely groundbreaking to them back then. You have to realize that this is just as much, old, old music is just as much a document uh, of, of a particular time and yeah, space sonically right. as it is anything else.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a great point, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. And to that, I think a lot of music sounds the same now. Yeah, Yeah, it all does. Like, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, even if uh, on a new label, like say maggot stomp, right? They have a signature sound. I wouldn't say they all sound the same, but you can kind of tell that it's a maggot stomp or at least maggot stomp related kind of band. Yeah, Uh, Uh, that's a very recent example
1: sort of a lot of the the old school, you know, old school revival bands who are really taking hard cues from 80s and early 90s death metal. I think that there is sort of a sound that they're going for. Um and you can you can see similarity across the board, but at the same time like I think I think again it's sort of it sort of undercuts the individual performances when somebody says like you know oh it all sounds the same or whatever and but what i i agree with you when you say that um that's not necessarily a a bad thing right like what i see when i hear bands what i what i think when i hear bands doing this is that there are a number of different considerations that have to be taken into account number one the budgets that they're working on uh number two the availability of whoever they're getting to to mix and master this stuff um and then number three like these are a lot of these bands are younger a lot of these bands are in their first or second recording and so they're doing the same thing that all of us do whenever we're trying to break into something for the first time right you emulate your heroes for and sure. so if uh that's all i do that is man, the, the same thing now like that's yeah. I'm, that's what i do professionally that's what i do in my personal life like when i when you know, when i like starting running or starting lifting or whatever. I got people that I look to and I sort of stick to whatever formula they give me to begin with. And then as I get better at it and get more confident I start to do my own shit. So like Gate Creeper, for example, you look at that first EP and you look at some of those uh one off songs that they put together before they released their first album. And to an extent a lot of the the stuff that you hear on their first album, you listen to it and you're like, man, These dudes want to be fucking entombed like clandestine era entombed really bad. These dudes want to be fucking dismember really, really bad. Um, And that influences that influence is is absolutely there, but like they were young, you know, and they were super passionate about other bands. And so they, they got their start doing that. But then you look at that last gate creeper record and there's all kinds of expansion with the melody. There's all kinds of new stuff that they're trying to do with the structure of songs. And so just like all of us, you know, they continue to grow, but you got to start somewhere. Um, and because of that, there's going to be a certain amount of similarity, but I think that that's totally normal and healthy and not at all a bad thing.
0: Where do you sit on a uh, black metal?
1: I'm not that big of a fan. Uh, for no reason, like I was, I was into a lot of the more theatrical black metal, like which a lot of people wouldn't even refer to as black metal now when like I was like, or, or
0: something.
1: yeah, that okay. first. So, um, I guess it was 1998. 8 or 99 is when I got into Cradle of Filth and I'm still a huge Cradle of Filth fan even though you know they're not not black metal by any stretch of the imagination but at the time that's what we were told that it was. Sure. Um, I got into them when they put out Cruelty and the Beast, um, I got Emperor's Nine Equilibrium, um, I got Demu, the first Demu record that I got was Spiritual Black Dimensions and that was all right around the time that those albums came out Um, because they were on big enough labels that they would be in the record store in my hometown in South Arkansas, you know, Century Media and Nuclear Blast. Um, I was really into those at the time. And they sort of, I found them before I found melodic death metal. And then there was enough similarities with those bands and melodic death metal bands like At The Gates, to my ear at that time as a kid, you know, yeah, um, that I, I sort of, I used them as a jumping off point to get into melodic death metal and I just never really circled back around to a lot of the more underground black metal stuff that's more popular now. Um, I like the punch of death metal. I like the low end of death metal. I like the guttural vocal style uh, that a a lot of singers use and with black metal, the fact that I just don't necessarily prefer the sound of it is really the only thing that keeps me from being too into it. But occasionally, like a black and death metal band will come around that's got really heavy black influences, and I'm like, man, this is fucking badass. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be the right mixture, you know?
0: For sure. Uh, I was going to say, just because, um, you know, like Mayhem and those guys at that time were like taking shots at Scott Burns and the death metal guys for all sounding the same. Well, like, yeah. black metal really all sounds the same.
1: A lot of it has, you know, they, they do. They, they all, if you look at where all the, the, these different sort of subgenres originate and you go back to the shit that they were trying to emulate at the time, you know, there's no way that you can look back at early black metal and be like, there's just this massive difference between X band and Y band. Like, of course, there's going to be a ton of similarities. But again, I, I think that more than anything, that war of words between black metal musicians and like Glenn Benton and shit like that, uh-huh. I just try and keep in mind that they were fucking ignorant kids at a time when the world was very different and they were running on hormones and cheap alcohol and talking a lot of shit. Yeah. And I,
0: which I think is awesome to a point too. So no
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely man. When you're that age, cut up, that's the time to do it. It's not the time to do it when you're like a 50 year old man trying to start fights with dudes and other bands. You know what I mean?
0: Right. And that's why all the greatest extreme metal records were made by 20 year olds.
1: Yep the early shit that's all that's it is I think that a lot of times it takes that it takes the way that your brain works at that time in your life to sort of want to go into this area of extremity you know sonically and try and find something new try and find something heavier or brutal or more intense and I think that we have remnants of that as we get older you know Mm -hmm. Uh, But if I were to, you know, I'm not a musician, I've been in some bands before, but I I don't consider myself to be a musician. If I were to go in and try and create a death metal record right now at 36, I feel like it would be a very informed album because I've been listening to (laughs) it for so long. But I don't know, I don't know how genuine the aggression would be just because I've gotten older and I've chilled out a little bit, you know what I mean? But when I was 18, 19 years old, I was the maddest motherfucker on earth. So it would have been a lot more extreme, I think, and coming from a different kind of place. A different kind of extremity a more emotional extremity absolutely
0: do you think that's also why fans like us we got that virus that death metal or extreme metal virus at a young age and just kept it this whole time versus like you hardly hear the 36 year old guy oh i just i just uh threw, i just bought the new deicide album the other day yeah that's awesome
1: you know and i don't know i it, it's something that i'm curious about um a lot of the dudes, like, I, my buddy Rick um, is a, a guy that I grew up with, and he is a family man. He lives back in Arkansas, um, and he still listens to a lot of super heavy shit. We talk about death metal a lot. My buddy Dusty uh, is a guy who's a couple of years older than me. He's also a family man. So, and when I say they're, they're family men, I mean, like, that typically is sort of this calling card of the dude who's settled down and hung up his, whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know? They still listen to the shit and they still enjoy it. Um, but on the other hand, I got dudes who, were, who I was friends with in high school, who I was friends with in college, who were really, really into this heavy music. And at some point, they just sort of stopped and veered into other territory. And I honestly don't really know. I would like to think that I'm, I'm true enough to myself that if I got up one morning and I and one day like this shit didn't sound good to me anymore, I would follow whatever my heart was trying to lead me to is such a fucking lame thing to say, but like, you know, music needs to do something for you emotionally, I think. Right. And this music still does that for me. Why? I don't know. I know that I definitely have different motivations and sort of a different worldview than a lot of people who are my age, especially people who are my age who I sort of grew up with. Um, that definitely has something to do with the music that I still listen to. But ultimately, man, this shit just never stops sounding good to me. Um, And I don't think that I ever viewed it, I don't think I ever viewed art of any kind as something that you, that you grow out of, like it's clothes that are too small, you know, your tastes, your tastes might change and your tastes might change in ways that align more commonly with people who are in your age group. But I don't think that that's a question of maturity. I think it's just a question of exposure and sort of where your priorities are. Just Uh,
0: who you are as a person.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that if I if I were, you know, I'm married and and me and my wife are both not children people at all. So like we are, we are on the same level as far as not having kids. But I think if I were, I think if I had sort of a different kind of relationship and I, and I was married and I did have kids and I had a different kind of job, um, I would probably prioritize things differently in a way that would keep me from listening to the music that I listen to as much as I do. And, and maybe I would get to a point where it didn't sound that way anymore, but none of those things have ever come up for me and music still fulfills me in a way that makes me not feel like I'm missing anything else. And that music just happens to be, you know, about cartoonish violence and fucking Satan worship.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) I just always equated it to no matter what kind of art I like to push the boundaries. I like extreme shit. Obviously we love horror movies. That's what was my first love just because, after you saw Halloween for the first time, everything else was fucking boring.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Wanted to see more of that Then Hellraiser. Then, all right, then let's keep going. Same yeah. thing with music. It was Kiss. Then it was Slayer, then Marilyn Manson, and then, you know, Cannibal Corpse and all that shit. It's the There same. was. Keep looking for the extreme.
1: Yeah. And when I, when I do have to, when I do find myself in this awkward situation of having to talk to other people my age or older who are like, just sort of casual fans of whatever music happens to cross their path or whatever, and they say, yeah. what are you into? And I'm like, I'm into fucking deicide. Like, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> when I have to sort of explain that and explain or like defend my love of death metal or whatever, horror movies are always what I go to first. Um, just because I say, you know, you, you can enjoy these movies. You can enjoy um, violent or you can enjoy sort of transgressive art not because these are things that you want to do necessarily. um, But because that sort of voyeurism that we as art appreciators cultivate over the course of our lives is something that applies to me musically just as much as it does with a movie or with a book or something like that. Right. Right. Um, We talked about last, last time you and I talked, you know, the, the first first death metal I ever heard was six feet under. And then immediately after that I heard deicide's once upon the cross. And, like, it will always be fused in my mind forever. The sound of that music the first time I heard it, coupled with holding that record and looking at that cover art and just being scared to fucking death and feeling like I need to go home and pray because I'm doing something wrong. Like, that sure. it, that, that fear is the same kind of fear that you get when you're, you know, in middle school or, or however you old you are when you see, like, The Exorcist for the first time or something like that that emotion I think is a lot more acceptable when we're talking about films with, you know, grown-ups, quote unquote, than, than music. But I think the music can do that for a lot of people too. And I think that's very much part of the initial experience that I had with death metal. And it it still is to this day at 36 years old, listening to bands like fluids um, who were putting in these harrowing uh, sort of found footage style, realistic clips uh, of, of, of hard to listen to stuff in their songs you know it changes it changes the context of that
0: yeah i do have to say that the first time i listened to fluids it did fuck with me
1: and yeah I'm pretty
0: resilient man i yeah. it doesn't it takes a lot to fuck with me
1: <laughs> and, sick. yeah uh, and i i think it's supposed to though you know it is I, for sure i loved it more yes yeah the I riffs didn't hurt either Riffs don't hurt. They're chunky,
0: man. They're, they're a yeah. great band. I would love to see them live. When
1: I would, I don't think that they ever, you know, the drums are all drum machine program. Yeah. I don't think that they have any intention of ever playing live, but if they did, I would try and figure out a way to make that, to make it out to a show. I would like to see that.
0: That'd be awesome. I'm not anti-drum machine. I listen to Mortician all the time, man. They're the, they're the kings of here. that. Yeah. Even, I, even a band like Fear Factory, and they're not my favorite band in the world, but they can use a drum machine, and I, I dig it.
1: Fear Factory is one of my all-time favorite bands, man. Oh,
0: shit. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Man. I, I,
1: love I absolutely love everything that they've ever done. And I found myself at, at part of the, the debate over their record, The Industrialist, when they used entirely programmed drums. I, I dug it. I loved, I loved it, too. And people were like, it's not the same. You, you need to have a person in there, especially after Gene Hoagland came in and did this on Mechanize. Well, it's fucking Fear Factory. Like, they've been singing about machines replacing man for fucking 20 years now. Yeah, that's like their thing. This is where you want to take a stand with the changes that they're making? Like, Yeah, exactly. I really just think that, that, that that's a choice that the musicians make, and whatever reason that they make is their business. And I think that at this point, you can get an organic enough sound from programmed drums that a lot of people who are, like me, who are just sort of, incredibly devoted to listening to this music, but don't have a producer's ear, you know, um, okay. like I, I'm not going to be able to listen to it and instantly tell, oh yeah, these are programmed drums or whatever. Now, sometimes you can. And with fear factory, I think that of, of course you're going to be able to tell their program drums anyway, because the entire point of what the person playing the drums, when it was still a person playing the drums was trying to do was sound like a fucking machine. Yeah. Um, so like, just, just kind of like, great
0: point, man, that's a great point. I didn't, yeah. I've
1: never even thought about it that way well and they you know with um everybody's sort of got a threshold i think with what with what sounds good or what doesn't sound good to them and for me like when i i don't find myself often in situations where i hear a whole lot of pop music but if i'm in like the grocery store or if you know when i still was able to go to the gym like that period between when i walk into the locker room and and then you know i go and do my thing or whatever and then when i'm done i walk from the locker room out I'm, i'm exposed to pop music or whatever and sort of the the trend that I don't know if it's as popular now as it was like 10 years ago, but that super processed vocal style where like the auto tune is so so prevalent, like T-Pain. T-pain you know t yeah. where the auto tune is so prevalent that it like, it's like pixelation of sound. Like the, the sound of that drives me crazy. I absolutely fucking hate it. But what I think is interesting is that instead of this auto tune technology, which was originally developed to sort of make a person who can't hit a certain note sound like they can. Instead, what they've done is just leaned all the way into that technology and said, let's, let's see where we can go with this and see sort of what using it at its most potential can do. And so that's when you get those really weird sort of pixelated sounding um, uh, vocal lines. And I think when you see a band like Fear Factory or to go a lot more extreme with it, a band like agoraphobic nosebleed, right? Right. Instead of saying, how do we get this drum machine to sound like a person? They say, we're going to make this drum machine do shit that a person literally, physically cannot do. And I, I think that that's cool.
0: I, I agree. I was listening to a new grind band this morning. They're out of the UK. And I, admittedly, I only listened to them because their name fit with Death Comes Lifting so well, Prolapsed Bicep.
1: I saw that. I saw you, you posted, that? The, uh, posted that in your store. Yeah, I haven't heard of it
0: They're like Cyber Grind is what they're called, like cyber stomp or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I, I see that if I would have just saw that, I probably would have been like, ah, eh, whatever. But I listened to it and it's pretty fucking sweet. It's like alien grind, like just like assault on all your senses, gory shit. It's cool as fuck. And it's uh, I think it's one dude, maybe two dudes and they use a drum machine and samples and shit, but it's I'll
1: grind. Check it out now.
0: Check it out. It's awesome. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not anti any of that stuff. So I, I found myself, Like thinking, if I just saw a cyber grind, probably wouldn't listen to it. And that's me. I should check it out and not have a pretense about it.
1: It, I'm the same way. I'm the same way, man. And it it changes day by day, too. Like, I might be like, uh, you know, this is post crust gaze, you know, something like that. I'm like, I'm fucking too tired to try and wrap my head around this today. But then I might hear it the next day and be totally, you know, ready for it or whatever. So. Just try yeah. and make it day by day, and see what jumps out at me. And just because something, I, I also have found that like if I know, if I if I know a a band that I like put out a new record, but I don't think I'm in the headspace to appreciate it at that particular time, I just won't listen to it at all. Like I'll, I'll yeah, I'll bookmark it. I'll table it until a later date when I'm like, man, I really want to hear this band right now. Um, and that's specifically with like. Um, like some more hardcore punk-type bands. Um, I'm an Alkaline Trio. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah super, super cool pop-punk band. I've been a fan of them for a really long time. Uh, their last record when it came out, even though I've loved that band for many, many years and absolutely a, a, a diehard fan... I just didn't even check the record out when it came out because I was not in a headspace for that band at that time. And I'm glad that I did because I waited until I felt like listening to it. And then when I did, it just sounded right and it clicked. And now I love that record.
0: Are there any records that you can think of off the top of your head that you hated when they came out, but now you really dig? St. <laughs> Anger. You you really dig St. Anger now?
1: I do. Yeah, I do. That's I awesome. I, think it, I think it's a... I think it is a fucking mess. Um, I think it is an absolutely hideous record. And I think that it's exactly what they wanted it to be. And I think that for a band with the kind of commercial expectations on them that Metallica has to be like, let's go in and make this disgusting fucking ugly, dysfunctional cacophony of a record uh, takes fucking guts, man. And and some of those songs, like I, as, as a sober person, I latched onto a lot of the lyrical material for that, you know, years after the fact, after I got sober. Um, And so it sort of found a a place in my heart when at the time, right after it came out, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I I seriously remember hearing the snare drum for the first time and just like laughing in my car because it was so absurd. Uh, But now, like I, again, like, I'm not gonna argue, I'm not gonna sit here and say, uh metallica's saint anger is a a brilliant record that everybody needs to listen to i say no it's 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 a successful record i think that it did exactly what they set out to do with it and i don't know that a lot of other bands can really do that
0: fair enough man that's a great that's a great synopsis of saint anger that i really have never heard before and i honestly i think just growing up and people would tell you like yeah, when you're first getting into metal, that that album sucks. Like that's like one of those things that everyone will say, "Oh, that one's terrible," or "Like that phase, of them's terrible." It was just always ingrained in my mind that I don't even think I gave it a fair chance.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, people shit on it absolutely mercilessly right when it came out, and I was one of them, you know. But I was very happy to eat my words. There are a lot of a lot of things that I've changed my mind on over the years. Uh, another one is Ghost. Um, I was yeah. I was not a Ghost fan at the very beginning. Okay. Interesting. Um, I would think you would be. I, I, that's, and that's what everybody, I, I can't tell you how many people got in touch with me. Like even people that I hadn't talked to in years, just who knew what kind of music I was into. And like, if you heard ghost, like it's pop and it's Satan. Like you should love this shit. Now I, I just remember being like, I don't know, man. I I already like King diamond. Like I don't need fucking fake King diamond in my life. Cause that's right. really all that I heard when I listened to it at the time. But uh, eventually it clicked and now like I've, I own their entire discography and I love the whole thing. Another is some of the gent bands the, that uh, when that shit was sort of exploding between like 2009 and 2012 or whatever, I was just like, this is a little bit too much for me. But the Veil of Maya is a band that I was not a big fan of at first at all but have have become a very big fan of. So
0: same thing. When uh when I was growing up I always aligned myself with the quote unquote like old people metal because I was such like an old school death metal fan, like yeah. I animal mean, Corpse and Death and de and shit. Yeah. And, like my friends that were into metal like loved Job for a cowboy and Bale of Maya. Yeah. And I was I was always in my fifteen year old head like ah eh, that's like hot topic bullshit. Yeah.
1: Fucking am all bullshit. Yeah, but I know now, when you're a kid, that's how it is, you know? Yeah.
0: And now I listen to job for a cowboy. I'm like, fuck, I really wish I would have appreciated them more at the time when I would have got to see them, you know, cause I saw them a bunch of times and it was just like, oh, what the fuck I'm that, too
1: good
0: for this. They, they rock. They man.
1: need to come back, man. That's fucking amazing. Another one. And I'll, I'll admit this, uh, painfully death's last record, the sound of perseverance. Okay. Um, I, when I heard it for the first time, I just wasn't ready for it. Understood. I I was in high school. It was not too long after it had come out. Um, and I had just started getting into that kind of music and I, someone played like leprosy for me. And I remember being like, this shit fucking rules, you know, it's super, super chunky, straightforward. I thought at the time that it sounded like exhumed. Uh, but you know, not knowing exhumed came way later, you know? Um, But I and then I bought Sound of Perseverance off the shelf at at my local record store at my Sam Goody uh, in the town where I grew up in Arkansas. And I remember listening to it and just being like, this is crazy. What the fuck is going on here? Who is this singer? Did they get a new singer? Because the style was so different, you know, but Sound of Perseverance has come to be, you know, I think it's probably my second favorite death record at this point. Um, But at first, you know, I did not like it. I was also a child but it is what it is.
0: Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. I always like the early death records a little bit better anyway, but listening to them with a more matured ear, I totally appreciate like human and that. Yeah. Perseverance. Those are amazing records. Yeah. Death. Uh, on one hand, sometimes I, I hear a lot of people say that death gets like too much credit almost like Chuck Schuldiner will get too much credit, but I mean, fuck man. I think he, I think they invented it.
1: I, th- yeah, man, I, I think that each death album is 100% like a high watermark for what was going on in the genre at that time. And I think that each death record sort of forecast the most successful elements of, of the movements of death metal that came after those records. Um, you got some of the best players who have ever been, who have ever recorded in the genre, who have passed through the ranks of that band. Um, a whole lot of groundbreaking stuff that went into each record Um, and Chuck Schuldner being in a position where he was just like, you know, I, I don't give a fuck what people expect. Um, I'm going to do what sounds good to me. And I think that that definitely resulted in a whole lot of variety throughout the course of their, of their catalog. But at the same time, like, that's a kind of truth and a kind of honesty that I think can be difficult to get to in death metal, which, you know, to a degree is sort of an inherently conservative genre. A lot of times, anything that happens that's new um, or anything that feels particularly progressive um, is looked upon as transgressive. People are gonna say like, this is, uh, it's different, so it's bad, right? And it's not to say that everybody feels that way. And it's not to say that it's always like that. Um, But a lot of times, whenever somebody, you know, when a band changes things up and incorporates new things, they get derided for it. And I, I think that it took a lot of bravery to be a flagship band like Death to say, you know what, man, we're not going to sing about guts anymore. Uh, like, I want to sing about, like, life. <laughs> I think right. that's
0: pretty cool. A philosopher. Yes. Shit like that. I often wonder what someone like Chuck Schulender would think if he were alive today, seeing where death metal has come.
1: Me, you know, me too. And I, I've I've seen some disparaging stuff about him online. Apparently he had some, some somewhat problematic political stances that I think are just now sort of coming to light. And I, I don't you know i i don't really everybody you're entitled to feel however you want to feel about the way he felt about the world um but i i saw a comment on twitter that said if chuck Schuldiner were alive today he would be a big jordan peterson guy and i i thought to myself like how the fuck can you possibly extrapolate that like
0: i mean like how do you know
1: Yeah. So many different things could have changed with the way that he saw the world. You got to remember that Chuck Schildner died young, man. Like that guy, he was younger than me when he, I'm pretty sure. I think there's a lot of things about the way you see the world that changes, you get older. And I think you really, even if somebody has a very dated or just an outright bad sort of political stance that they were associated with at some point in their lives to say that they can't grow, to say that they can't change. Like, that's fucking depressing man um yeah and so it would you know his personal beliefs and all that shit aside ultimately at the end of the day i would love to know what kind of music he would be making in 2020 if he were still alive you know
0: right and i would i wonder what he would think of you know a band like say full of hell
1: yes or we we would probably be like eight albums deep into a control denied fucking discography at this point yeah (laughs) Yeah, and that would be so cool. It's such a cool thing to think about, like where that stuff would have gone if they'd had more time. But you know, it stays evergreen because it ended when it did, it, right? And we get all these crazy subgenres that
0: overclassify themselves, probably yeah. more more so than, that stem from just heavying up thrash metal. I think that's pretty. That's pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Yeah. Are you a Slayer fan? Like thrash? What's that? Are you a Slayer fan?
1: Oh fuck yeah, man! I love yeah. this Slayer.
0: Right. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, so that's what got me into death metal. You know, Slayer was a, was a bridge band for me for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, but, look, Hell Awaits is a death metal record, and you cannot fucking convince me otherwise.
0: Oh, it's my, fa- it's my favorite Slayer record. It always has been. So, that, that's probably why, looking back on it, because it's a death metal record. You can hear Venom in there and shit. Yeah.
1: For sure. So much weird shit going on there. You had, I, like, if you go back and you listen to it now, I feel like, and people are probably going to tell me that I'm wrong, and I don't care. I feel like Hell Awaits seems like a different band. It seems like this, the 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 move from Show No Mercy to Rain and Blood f- feels more organic than the move from Show No Mercy to Hell Awaits to Rain and Blood. Absolutely, and I think that I think that a lot of what they were doing, the weird shit that they were doing, that weird sort of technical guitar acrobatic stuff that was on Hell Awaits, on. Songs like Hardening of the Arteries and At Dawn They Sleep, like that, that shit you can see really finding a place in early death metal and then in the progressive death metal movement that that began not too long after. Um, but you know, you can't undersell their role in extreme music, where it is now and and where it came from. I don't think
0: exactly. Yeah, that's my connection to them, and um, like. I'm a huge Slayer fan. They're one of my favorite bands, but I really don't love thrash metal. Like, as far you know, as I'm concerned, uh, it's Slayer, and then there's everybody else.
1: I'm kind of the same. I'm kind of the same way. I, I got into Metallica before I got into Slayer, and I'll I'll always love Metallica, and I you know, will will defend them you know as as much as I can in an <laughs> yeah. argument. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel the exact same way about Slayer. Uh, but a lot of the other... I'm not a Megadeth fan. Uh, yeah. I'm not an Anthrax fan. I, I like Testament, but I only got into Testament in like 2015. So I've only been into them for, for like five years. And to be honest with you, I prefer New. the later Testament shit yep. to, their, to their earlier stuff. And I think a lot of, like Exodus and bands like that, never in any way would I want to say that they're not good bands. Like exactly. you, If you like them more power to you but like these are all bands that i have given ample opportunities to impress me and have just never i just never latched onto it you know
0: right and even like a band like toxic holocaust havoc things like that like i love what they're doing but
1: i just i i just would rather listen to slayer (laughs) that's how that's what i say same here and i i think a lot of the a lot of the more thrash oriented death metal stuff is stuff that i that appeals to me a lot more than sort of the almost cock rockier thrash uh, like possessed you know there's undeniably like the majority of that sound is thrash like riff wise and I, I absolutely love possessed uh demolition hammer some total outright thrash shit solstice the old solstice records with uh, rob barrett um or that first oh, yeah. one anyway, had like a major uh, thrash influence but there was enough death edge to it that i enjoyed it you know when i was younger and i still enjoy it now but a lot of the a lot of the more traditional thrash stuff is just stuff that never really grabbed me man and that's okay you know
0: yeah that's all good i just i think it's an interesting connection that slayer has to the death yeah. metal world and just their yeah. reign over thrash metal I,
1: my first slayer record was actually diabolus and musica um and i you know a I lot like of <laughs> a very maligned record a lot of people don't like that record but like i loved it it, it had just enough of sort of the the heavy style that I was that I was more acquainted with at that time, uh, combined with you know that sort of ferocity of their older records, and while there are some songs on that album that have not aged well at all, some of that shit still rips. Bitter Peace is still one of their best openers, man. I absolutely love that song. The yep. lyrics in Stain of Mind are so fucking gruesome. Like I love, I, I still love that record.
0: I um, dig everything they've done, and I think they played State of Mind on their last uh, on their
1: farewell. I'm Which pretty is sure they so did. cool
0: that they, they, they did that.
1: Yes, because that, you know, like all, like all sort of bands that have that one record that, that the majority of their fan base feels sort of missed the mark, there are going to be people out there who are absolutely diehard dedicated to that record, and I'm one of those people when it comes to Diabolus and Musica.
0: I like that about you, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Same when, to you, my dude.
1: Yeah, no, that
0: hey, man, if, if I meet somebody that says, I like Diabolus and Musica, I'm like, we're friends. No doubt yeah. about it. So that's all I need to know. What are, what, are some, uh, what are some new bands that just came out or newer bands that you're really gravitating towards these days that you think people should
1: check out? Uh, the, the first one that comes to mind is Vitriol. Um, they put out a record. They put out an EP a couple of years ago, but they put out a record last September on Century Media called To Bathe From the Throat of Cowardice. Um, it was 100% my favorite record of 2019. Um, if you're a fan of Hate Eternal, uh, if you're a fan of Old School Immolation, you absolutely have to listen to this band. They are carrying the standard for where technical death metal can go, I think, right now. Um, yeah. And, and not, just, not, not entirely technical death metal, just like really competently played, dense death metal. Um, and that is really impressive to me. Uh, there's another band called Half, H-A-T-H. Uh, They put out a record last year called Of Rot and Ruin that was absolutely amazing. Um, Anger Rot, who we talked about last week. There are a few bands on Redefining Darkness right now who are relatively new bands who are putting out shit that I think is absolutely crucial to listen to. Uh, Wretched Fate. They're
0: they're crushing it, man.
1: Yes. Wretched Fate. Um, If you like Stockholm-style death metal, definitely check them out. Um, That album keeps getting better to me. It's, hard, it's honestly
0: twice as good as I remember when it first came out.
1: Dude, I love it! I love it so much. Uh, yeah. They, they, that was their first record. Anger rot just put out their second record, and it's got a lot of that flavor uh, from like the the stuff that demu Borgir was doing back in the '90s. You've got a lot of that sort of black and death metal there, but at the same time, they've still got sort of that Stockholm chainsaw guitar sound. And I think that they mix those two things very well. Their new record is called "The Divine Apostate." Uh, definitely need to check that out. Sentient Horror is another one that who's on Redefining Darkness. They've been around for a while. They just released their third record, but they're- Also great. Yeah, also great. Still relatively new on a lot of people's radars. Um, If you haven't heard them, absolutely check out their new one, morbid realms. Um, God, who else? As far as Maggot Stomp goes, uh, I love Sanguasugabag. I I think that they, uh, you know, I, I got to see them live a couple of weeks ago and that was definitely a good show. Um, I think that what they are doing is, is sort of being oversold as like simple caveman style death metal, because yes, that element of, of that style is, is very much present in their music, but at the same time, like there's a lot of fucking morbid angel, weird riff shit going on in those songs. Uh, and they've got a full length done. I think I'm looking forward to hearing that this year uh frozen soul another band from maggot stomp absolutely killer fucking ep that they put out last year and they just signed a century media records man so later this year we're going to get you know F- frozen soul out there on that's one great of the big- i didn't know that yeah they just like, i think they just announced it yesterday um oh so man
0: good the- for them that makes me happy
1: yes yes like it's really cool to see a band like that moving up man i could talk about um another one keep going uh, you need this Yeah, Serpentian. Uh, so s-e-r-p-e-n-t-i-a-n they put awesome. out a record last year on goat throne records it's called like the divine harm i think okay. I, I, i'd have to go and check back on it but um major immolation worship old school uh sort of here and after era immolation uh really really good band cannot go wrong with that yeah
0: did you uh, happen to check out the new vader at all
1: yeah, dude, Vader fucking rules. Vader, Vader's ugly. never, ever, ever fucked up, man. No, um, they, heard, I, go ahead.
0: I was gonna say they don't really get that much credit either. I feel like
1: no, I, I think that they're really they're easily overlooked somehow, which is yeah, because they've put out some absolute fucking they land. Don't miss. They don't really. miss period. Yeah, no, they don't. And I've I've heard like three songs off the new one. All of them were amazing. That EP that they put out not too long ago sort of as like an appetizer for this, I thought was really good. Uh, Definitely looking forward to getting into that new one soon. What about you? You got anything new that's on your radar
0: right now? Oh, yeah, well, just that. I had uh, uh, Werewolves, The Dead Are Screaming. Did you see that at all?
1: No, I'm not familiar with that.
0: They're cool. They're very very much a blend. They're a younger band. Obviously, they caught my eye because their name is Werewolves and has like a werewolf ripping a heart out on the cover. So that's dope. But they're like a blend of uh, kind of some slam, black, death. Like they got a little bit of everything for everybody that's into this kind of shit. So I really have been digging them. Great workout music.
1: Nice. Um, Oh, and
0: uh, put out a live record on a uh, 20 bucks spin. That is great. Oh, nice. Uh, Funeral leech death meditation. I think that came out either this week or last week. I listened to that when I was working out this morning. Love that shit. Nice. And uh, Yeah, man, that, that's been basically it. I always been, I'm always listening to old stuff, but those are uh, the only things new that I've been on my radar recently.
1: Since, since you mentioned good workout music i got one more band i'm going to plug uh, they just put out their second release i think it's their first full length but it's on gorehouse records the name the name of the fucking band is ingutterlement cephaloslamectomy good for them <laughs> yes and it's like it's it's sort of tongue in cheek slam like lyrical yeah. content wise but like the sound of it is like pedigree fucking slamming Brutal Death Metal. It's really, really competently written. Um, and so if you're a fan of that kind of music, and if, I feel like anybody who's a fan of that kind of music should be able to take a joke. If you're a fan of that kind of music and you can take a joke, you have, you have to, to take check out the band. You, that, you yeah, their new, their new record is called Glam Not Slam, and it fucking rules.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm, t- I'm definitely checking that out. That's great.
1: Yeah. For
0: people that don't know what slam death metal is, how would you describe it and it differently than regular death metal? I get this question a lot and I say it's guttural and you can kind of dance to it.
1: <laughs> guttural vocals. Um, and then chunky death metal riffs with a hardcore sensibility. Yeah. There so you go. That's there's cool. like a, the, the typical slam, like, defeat insanity that's just
0: what i think of yeah for sure yeah so
1: there's there's definitely elements of like hardcore music in there i think it's all it's all sort of geared for live performance i think slam definitely very much anticipates the the movement of a pit and sort of tries to replicate that in the in the music i think and that's that's the hardcore element to it but the the riffs are all death metal man it's down tuned it's heavy and then a lot of the vast majority of of those bands when you say guttural you're 100% right like the deepest fucking death metal vocals that you're probably going to hear you're going to hear in slam bands
0: definitely definitely and um is caveman metal caveman (laughs) style death metal is that becoming like a trend or am am i am i missing something here I, don't, I feel I, like it's all the, it's all caveman music, right?
1: Yeah, like I think it kind of started off as a as a joke with the with the earlier, um, the very first maggot stomp releases. You know, the 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 yeah. uh, mission statement seemed to be we're gonna we're gonna bring the caveman shit to the people, and I think that there's something fun about embracing heavy music as sort of like a way to just take out your brain and be ignorant for a little bit, sort of like going to a fucking monster truck rally or like, uh, <laughs> that's a great way to play. Yeah. yeah. If you buy a new printer or whatever, and you're like, well, nothing to do with the old one, but take it out to the parking lot and beat this motherfucker with hammers. Like we all want to do that kind of sure. shit every now and then. And I think that, sort of the more simplistic style that's more reminiscent of the old school death metal delivery that you see a lot of the newer sort of old school revival bands doing. Um, It's just a good description for it. Take your brain out and and be a fucking animal for a little while, you know?
0: It's the best kind of lifting music. If you ask me.
1: Yeah. And you can like, that's the thing you can lift to it. Like, like a lot of the shit syncs up with reps. Like it syncs up with, with the movements of your body when you're lifting weights. Like I think that that's, it's right. not an accident you know no
0: that's that's perfect for it that's why we do it um another band i just uh i forgot i wanted to mention i, I reviewed their their record caustic wound death posture it's like a yes. grind yeah, fucking great it. yes yeah mortifera members are in that yeah you know, band, and i love their one of that was one of my favorite releases of the year last year their record
1: yeah, you and I, you and I talked about that last year. That was that was one of the records that sort of slipped past me when it came out that I didn't get until a couple of months after the fact, and I ended up like disgorged from psychotic depths. That's, yes, I, that's, that's the name it. of it. Yeah, um, you being an Incantation fan, as I know you are, I'm sure huge. Uh, one of the biggest Incantation.
0: Yeah. I'm the biggest Incantation fan I know. <laughs> but, uh. <laughs>
1: that shit. Yeah, like that. That yeah. sort of doomy um, atmospheric, like throw up music yeah, cavernous fucking yeah that's really good music man really good band so i'm looking forward to see where they go next
0: yeah definitely yeah that's um they're uh it's it's harder to work out to that music i kind of like to chill and listen to that but i, I still will yeah. But, like, yeah, that, stuff, that stuff's really cool to me. And they're the nicest dudes, too. Like we saw them play oh, here cool. in Pittsburgh. They're great. And uh, Cool. That's Incantation, always – uh, John's the nicest dude, too. Just, <laughs> yeah. If,
1: if, if, That's if, what if, I've heard. I've You know, I've never I've never met the dude, but I've – Have you ever seen him?
0: See, or them? No,
1: no I haven't. A, a friend of mine went and saw him recently and said that they were fucking off the chain. So, you know. Yeah, they're, like, better now, I think, than ever, which is crazy to me
0: these old death metal bands that can still kick ass with the, with the young ones is uh, there's
1: something to it, man. I mean, they've been doing it long enough that they've got the, they know know how to do it, man.
0: So uh, before we get out of here, I did want to ask a few, a few quick fun album song questions. What are your top five or three, depending on, don't want to put you on the spot too much workout, cardio killer. What are your recommended songs that will get you fired up anytime?
1: uh all right there's a song by a band called trap them there we go that song is the facts uh and it's from their record darker handcraft and the the uh the, that chorus, the black and white cover or the black and gray cover yeah it's black it's black and gray and it's like i think it's like a face it's kind face. of abstract like but a it's demon not face yeah. yeah 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 they uh the chorus is sort of a uh take on the misfits where eagles dare you know where he says i danzig says i ain't no goddamn son of a bitch right. and the trap them chorus for the facts is i am that goddamn son of a bitch in the dead of the night and like that fucking pumps me up in a way that i cannot describe
0: that's great uh, shit man.
1: so yes that's one of them absolutely um tragedy are you familiar with them no they are Tragedy is like a, a hardcore band. They're like super DIY. They put out a record um many years ago called Vengeance uh and it's got like a a lot of the D beat sound to it but it's undeniably punk. Uh the opening song from Vengeance is a song called Conflicting Ideas. Uh and that is another one that I've got in my my oh shit folder. I have a yeah, I have a playlist on my iPod. It's it's called the oh shit list and
0: tunes. yeah
1: these are the songs that like if i am if my body is just like 100 percent done but i still have more that i need to do um i put on this particular playlist and uh get some of those songs playing because they they definitely do a lot for me um awesome man so those those nope. two are always on there, uh, and I could probably come up with a few more. But oh, no, that, that's
0: perfect, man. Yeah, yeah, those
1: are the two that come to mind. Hard right question. Mind. It's like you know, it's like walking into a
0: record store. When I ask those questions, you know, you want like ten things, but you get there and you blank out. That always happens to me. So I kind of hate putting people on the spot with questions. Oh happen.
1: no, man, that's part of it, though. That's you know, what you choose, you got to sacrifice something too. So
0: uh, that is true. That is true. Um, did you did you listen to the new Black Dahlia yet? Off subject.
1: I listened to a few songs on the way home from buying it earlier today. And I, I, I have a ritual that I usually do with black Dahlia murder new records where I just listen to the whole thing and drive around for a long time. But because I had groceries in the car, uh, <laughs> and I, I couldn't touch my face. Like I had my mask and everything on. I, I was like, I better just go ahead and go on home so I can, you know, put these fucking groceries away and, and decontaminate my hands uh the yeah, well, couple of songs that i listened to you know i i heard the title track a long time ago right right yeah when it the
0: one they I put that out a couple like a month ago probably
1: yeah yeah but they they always for me they deliver on closing songs like no other band in death metal and so i skipped to the last song on the record dawn of rats and listened to it on the way home and it was just absolutely fucking amazing it's funny you, know, you say I, that
0: because that is my I, I, we were talking last time, but uh, yeah. I really didn't dig the new one too much, and I want to go back and listen to it again. I think it's one of those records that I'll appreciate if I, once I give it some time, but the last Ooh. track was the only one that jumped out at me. It's like, wow, this one. Yeah, man, nice. yeah.
1: That's, that's them at their peak, I think. I can't wait to get into the rest of this record.
0: Yeah, that also, it reminded me of, like, you know, later era Morbid Angel in a way, almost. Yeah, to an extent.
1: Yeah. There's so much complicated shit going on in those songs, but it's still very listenable, you know? It's still really memorable.
0: For sure, man. Yeah, they're, I'm looking forward to hearing what you got to say about that on the next podcast we do. Well, well I want to kind of make this kind of a, even if it's weekly or a couple times a month, we, we can do some, like, just talk some shit about some new music and give a, yeah. give a rundown to the people. would be fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah, man. Well, I know we did this last time, but I have to close with what's your favorite Black Sabbath album.
1: And I know the answer that I gave you last time, but I'm almost tempted to say something different. That's
0: the, beautiful, that's the beauty of it, man. It changes. It can change. That's it. Be, so be true can, to yourself, brother. No can, I say,
1: can I say what I said last time?
0: I want you to say whatever you want, man. All
1: what? right. So last time, uh, people out there in podcast land, my choice was Master of Reality. And I, I do think that that is probably still my all-time favorite Black Sabbath record. Um, but earlier this week was the anniversary of Heaven and Hell. And so I went yeah. back and listened to that. Uh, In did the same thing, man. <laughs> did you really? I did. I, I went back and listened to that uh, so like good. four times through. And it <laughs> it is so fucking amazing. I think it is absolutely the best, like, comeback story in the history of music definitely in heavy metal um but some of those songs like die young is one of the best songs ever written by human beings um facts facts so right now my answer in this particular moment as a lifelong black sabbath fan i'm gonna have to go with heaven and hell
0: that's great man i love i actually love the fact that you changed your answer because i mean that is that's power To no end, that Heaven and Hell record, especially when it came out, and like people wanted to hate it. Yeah. And I feel like you just can't hate it, even if if you're a fan of music at all. You can't hate that record.
1: Such a passionate record, and such a—it's really cool to see. You rarely see a change, especially with music sort of having developed such a blueprint since that record came out. You rarely see, I think, one member of the band leave another member of the band come in and so much other shit change, right? But those, those songs on Heaven and Hell and on all the Dio records, like it's not Black Sabbath, you know? It's, it's Black Sabbath in name, but the, the changes in the way that those songs were written are so vast, are so great compared to the stuff that they were doing earlier in their career that it's almost, it's, it's, it's like different bands, you know, and I think that's really cool and I think it's a rare thing.
0: It's the power of the band of Sabbath, you know. I've always said I'd rather listen to Sabbath without Ozzy than Ozzy without Sabbath any day.
1: Dude, I am 100% in the same boat. I'm not a big Ozzy solo fan. I'm not a big Dio solo fan, to be honest. No, with.
0: man. If you they put
1: just all those dude in that shit rips. Magic. You
0: know it, man. Well, brother, that was an hour and a half, man. We crushed that shit. That was great, yeah. man. I totally appreciate it.
1: Dude, absolutely, yes. We need to definitely do this, you know, every couple of weeks. You know, just whenever we got great. time, whenever i got time, we'll get together and shoot the shit, especially when new, st- new cool stuff comes out that, that we want to talk about.
0: Yeah, man. We'll have to think of a cool name and market it, you know, like Cardio Kill Cast or something. Something from. We'll think of something fun. We can yeah. do a, uh, a fun Photoshop kind of uh, thing to yeah. market it on. Market it to the freaks on IG. They dig it, man. This stuff always goes over well. And, I, I mean, I appreciate it because I learned shit from you and just talking Thank about, Thank thanks man, just talking about this awesome music with, is just fun, and I think people gravitate towards it, especially now in quarantine, yeah. people are like looking for shit to do and new things to listen to, I think uh, this is more appreciated than you know, man, so.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun to do, and I'm, I'll be glad to do it again.